Take out your note sheet. We're going to start a, a, a series. I use the word fun lightly, but I mean, it's always fun to look into God's word and see what it has for us. Uh, so I've dubbed it the title, The Blessed Life. How many of you grew up, maybe, maybe a church tradition very different than, than Grace or maybe very similar, but how many of you had the privilege, somebody in your life, your grandparents, your parents, your neighbors, uh, uh, they took you to, ki- to church as a kid, and, and so you have some background, all right? Uh, uh, you could raise your hand because your mom did that for you, but anyways, and uh, uh, I, I, can I just tell you this because I don't want to offend anybody? I either offend nobody or I go for everybody. Have you noticed that over the years? Um, uh, I, like, I like church people. I like Christian people. But sometimes we do weird things. Like we take normal words and we don't even say them normal. Like take the word blessed. Sometimes some of my friends, they just have to say blessed. I don't know why. I don't know. It's not English. I mean, it doesn't matter. But you know, we get in these, we get in the kind of these church circles, and we we do things, and 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 uh, uh, a lot of times when somebody says, uh, you know, how are you doing? Oh, I'm having, I'm blessed. That can mean a lot of things, right? So part of what we're going to do uh, in the next several weeks is is try to capture a definition of that and and a handle of that. Uh, my my experience, this is not scripture. My experience tells me that that uh, means a lot of things. For some people, they're having a good stretch of life, a good season, uh, you know, 76 degrees, sunny with a light breeze. It's just life is good. Um, Other people, it means they're having a good day or a good 15 minutes. And uh, something could could happen to change that. And that's not actually very close to the biblical uh, definition. And so what we find in Matthew chapter 5 is the beginning of what we have now called the Sermon on the Mount. How many of you ever heard that title before? All right. It's actually 5, 6, and 7. All right. And uh, um, what I want to do, we don't normally do this, but before we, before we read this text, I want to talk for just a minute about our, our approach to the Bible. I'm going to use the word our attitude. All right. Uh, how many of you ever been accused of having a bad attitude? Come on. I'll never forget the first time my dad told me I had a bad attitude. And as a young teenager, of course, I knew he was wrong because that's what, that's teenagers. Because uh, I knew I didn't have a bad attitude because I didn't even know what it was. So I certainly couldn't have had a good or bad one. All right. Uh, probably just reinforcing the fact that he was right. Um, by attitude, I'm talking about perspective. What, um, what are the biases that we're carrying in when we read God's Word? So I got a few uh, thoughts here on the top of your note sheet. One is, a, is an approach, and, and, and people do this, it, this may be your approach to, to the Bible, is that it's, it's historical, it's, it's, uh, maybe even has a, 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 a value to be reverenced or, or, or highly respected, but it's not applicable. So we read the Bible and it's like reading history, just like maybe at some point during your, your formal education, you took U.S. history, or you took world history or Washington state history or some of these different focuses, right? Um, I'm not encouraging that, but I'm saying, but that's, that's an attitude towards scripture. We read it and maybe I read it on Sunday morning and you go, yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. That happened. Uh, you're not necessarily pushing against uh, it, but you don't see it as applicable to your life 
And when we, when we come from that angle, we really miss out. Uh, can we learn? Sure, we can learn. But what we're learning is historical facts, not life-transforming truth. And that's, of course, what God's intention is for, for uh, uh, His Word. What I want us to do in this is to believe that, God's, that, that the Bible is God's inspired Word. That it is a gift from God to us. And, and it's, it's a wonderful thing. Another letter B there. Uh, sometimes we get into a mindset when we read this. And this, this is uh, uh, what I'm going to call pretty linear uh, a progression through in, in chapter 5. And, and we can get a mindset that says, oh, I get it. So if I do A, B, and C, then, then D is going to happen. All right? And that's not a terrible attitude to have but what it can do for us is just boil down scripture to where we get into the kind of what I call give to get mentality if I give something up or maybe if I give something give them my time or give money then then I'm then this is going to be God's response now I got to be careful here because God is a is a generous responding God we agree on that Okay, and there's a lot of promises where, where the Bible says, hey, you know, if you do this, this, this is that, this is what will happen. This is the result. But I'm not talking about challenging that truth, that reality. I'm talking about making sure, cautioning us against a mindset that says, oh, okay. So a pastor's going to talk about blessings the next couple weeks. And uh, I just, you know, I mean, I know it's October, but, you know, we're, we're getting ready. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pay good attention because I want to have the most blessed Christmas, Thanksgiving season ever. And now, and our mindset is, well, do this, this, or this, or not do this, this, and this, and then get that result. God loves our obedience. Amen. All right. But we need to just guard our heart that, hey, that's not the exact motive. Letter C is what I'd like for us to shoot for together as a church, as a spiritual family heading in the same, same direction, is that we would listen when we, that we would learn, all right, listen both with physical ears as I would read it, as you would read it later in the week. Uh, um, I don't know if you know this, but it's actually okay to read God's Word out loud at home. I don't know if you, you, you don't need my permission, but I just in case you're wondering, think, well, that's just kind of weird to sit there and read when nobody's listening. Well, you know, every time you read out loud, there's at least one person listening, Right? Sometimes it's good for us to, to hear ourselves uh, read and recite uh, the truth of God's Word. Second thing we want to do is learn. Um, I'm always amazed. I'm not the best uh, uh, learner from manuals. Do you know what I mean by that? Um, he's not here yet. He's going to be here in a little bit. So let's, let's pick on him while he's not here. How many of you know Rick Kitchen? I mean, this is real folksy here, right? So if you don't know Rick, I'm sorry, this won't make sense. Rick's one of the smartest guys I know. And if he were here right now, he'd be turning a nice shade of red, all right? Rick is a, I, I'll never forget, we were having sound problems, and, and Rick read the manual, he goes, well, here's what we need to do. How did you get that out of that manual? I read that thing, and it sounded like a bunch of gibberish to me, all right? 
Some of you are that way. You, you can read something, and maybe it's a little technical or maybe it's not, and you read it and you go, oh, well, that makes sense. That fills in some gaps for me, right? You know, I don't know about you, but I have all the manuals on every appliance that's in my house, and I have zero intention of reading them. Because I can read it, but I don't learn anything when I read it. Now, don't look at me like that, all right? It's, it's well documented. I'm seldom the smartest guy in a room, all right? When we come to God's word, we want to listen and we want to learn, all right? Now, here's just, this is just a little, small little bonus maybe for you this morning. God is interested in our learning. And so when we come up to something in Scripture that maybe you don't get, you're, you're, you're not sure if you're understanding it right, you can do a very simple but profound thing, and that's pause and pray. And say, God, I don't, I don't really get that. God, is this what you're meaning? All right? That's why I'm a fan of writing stuff down, your thoughts and your ideas. And you can pray and you can you know, ask God and you can have that conversation. And, and God's interested in us learning. He didn't give us the Bible to confuse us. He didn't give us the Bible to frustrate us. He gave it for our good. Right? So we listen and we learn, all right, and we follow Jesus, this is key, all right, in this whole Sermon on the Mount, all right? We're, we're, we're not just doing an intellectual exercise. We're, we're not marking time. We're, we're not fulfilling an obligation. We feel some, some spiritual guilt. Oh, I, I've got to read God's Word, or pastor's talking, and he's using the Bible, so, so I better not fall asleep. There's a desire in our heart that says, I want to listen. I want to learn. I want to follow Jesus, and here's why. Not because of what's in it for us. But because at some point, you've decided to love Jesus and trust him. I suspect that my life is, more than I like to admit, very normal. All right? How many of you just wanted to have the super-duper elevated life? Did you ever want that? Nobody did. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate that. Eh? And I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that to discourage you. I'm just saying that I think the ups and downs that I've experienced in life are very normal. I think probably the frustrations that I've, that I've had with myself and others would fall into category as, as normal. All right? What I don't want to do is I don't want to have an ordinary love and trust for God. I want that to deepen and to expand. Because what I find in life even in this last week, there's more and more situations where I desperately need God's help. I don't go to God just for help, but since I'm in a relationship with Him, my, my love and my trust, I can trust you. I can follow Him. He's been there. If I could be so casual as to say, He's done that. And, and so when we look at this, the, the, this message and talk about blessing, I don't want to send a message, hey, guess what? I'm, I'm, you just you just do these three things, and in, in, in five or six weeks, you're going to have Jesus figured out, and the heavenly vending machine is going to be yours. And you're just going to push buttons and pull levers, and, and God's just going to be at your disposal. That's not it. All right? This is a great, you, 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 see, you see Jesus' humanity in this text, because um, he's been teaching and, and serving, and, and, uh, and he tries to get away. And, uh, and as always was the case, people followed him. And, and uh, so, so the, hopefully that helps you with attitude. I guess I'll just say that. That you would come and say, hey, why I want to learn about the Beatitudes, as we call them, and we'll explain, I'll explain that to you here in a second, is because, because Jesus thought it was important enough to sit down and teach about it. 
Therefore, I must need to learn. And yeah, I'll benefit. But what it'll do is it'll help deepen my love and my trust for God. Does that make sense to you at all? I can just tell you this. It makes a lot of sense in my crazy mind. All right. So Matthew chapter 5 says, Now when he saw the crowds, he went on the mountainside and sat down. Can I just remind you again that most of the time, not exclusively, but most of the time in in, in Jesus' era, uh, uh, important teachers sat down. Now, I appreciate your suggestion. Well, Pastor, maybe you should sit down. So I want to remind you again, good, important teachers sat down. So I'll stay standing, all right? He went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them, saying, hopefully you've read this before, but if not, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I just, I'm going to skip ahead here just a little bit. I just got to tell you this, because I don't, I, don't you, I don't want you to spend any time on a rabbit trail. This is 100% good news. So what he's trying to do. He's, he's, I mean, Jesus did it all the time. This is good news, all right? Even though there's some stuff you go... <laughs> Thanks. I don't really want to do that. Just spoiler alert, it's all good news. It's all good stuff. Will help us on a regular, if not daily basis. So turn your note sheet over. Beatitudes, how many of you ever heard that term used? I thought, you know what, I'm probably, because I'm going to try to avoid it. Uh, but since it's a term I grew up with, and I, it's not a bad term, all right? It actually comes out of the Latin, all right? If you, if you know anything about Bible and original languages and translations, and there was a time where it was, was all in Latin, and, and it's not anymore. <laughs> okay? <laughs> I don't speak any Latin, folks, so I'm glad for the English version. Uh, but in, in Latin, it means blessedness, which is not a word we use, but, but I think you understand it, right? Um, it means fortunate, all right? And that's probably a word we use a little bit more. You feel fortunate based on some situations and circumstances, some good things, or happy, all right? So if, 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 if you say, oh, hey, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about the Beatitudes at, at our church for the next few weeks, um, that means blessedness. What is it like to be fortunate? What is it like to have true happiness, all right? So like I said, this is all good news. This is great stuff where Jesus, I mean, if you will, just try to picture. Crowds are gathering. What he does is he gathers his disciples around closest. But what we know is there was always observers. We don't know the mix of those observers. All right. It seems reasonably safe to believe that some of them were followers of Jesus. They decided that he was the son of God and, and, and 
and they were following, there was probably some people there that were curious, that were exploring, that were, hadn't decided yet, and so they're checking Jesus out, and he's teaching, so they're going to listen to some more of his instruction. And it seems reasonable, again, maybe a few, maybe a lot, we don't know that, uh, but that there would be in the crowd, in, in some mixture, people who were doubters, people who were of a dissenting belief, who thought, you know, I'm going to go and get some more information and prove why Jesus is wrong, maybe prove why he's a, 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 a guilty of blasphemy. All right? And so his core audience is his disciples, his followers. All right? But imagine what it might be like to be saying these profound things with such a variety of audience. All right? um, I would encourage you, if you're an explorer here today, to keep exploring the truth of who God is. Right? I would also always encourage you to make up your mind sooner rather than later. Today, and I don't say this with any humor or trying to be cute at all, today is always the best day to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Can you put it off another day? Maybe. But have we learned that nothing is guaranteed on this earth? Not not that we we were wishing for, for, for tragedy or hardship, but but. Some of you, I look around, and I, I know your stories enough to know, hey, you've you've had some hard left turns in life, and 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 so when I say, you know, if you're exploring, if you're considering, that's a good thing to do. But at some point, decide, decide if if Jesus is exactly who He is, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. Structurally, let's just talk about this. Uh, uh, we're, we're not going to talk in detail this morning about about any of the blesseds. Okay, just to let you off the, off the hook. All right. I want to talk a little bit about the structure. Um, there's sort of two bookends, if you will, two pillars uh, at the front and, and at the end uh, of this that are in the category of what we would call assurance. So you have on your note sheet there six promises and two assurances. All right? There's six promises, all right? and when we get down to the end, and some of you are sharp enough and you're going, well, what about this, what about this? The last ones are, are, are um, indelibly linked, and, and so we want to make sure we don't jump too far and separate things out that Jesus wasn't trying to, to separate out. Um, but look at the assurances uh, real quick. In verse 3, he says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for what? For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. All right? And then at the end, verse 10, he said, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Oh, I will say this. Persecuted for righteousness, not persecuted for running your mouth. Now, none of you have ever been guilty of things that I have, like saying things you wish you never had said. All right? Anybody in the room want to comfort me by raising your hand? All right? So, again, you didn't, this is what I say. This is great stuff. This is Jesus, clearly. So he's talking about persecution. Not, I'm not calling you this, but not my stupidity. All right? Uh, he doesn't say, blessed are you, Ty, when you do dumb things. He says, blessed are you when you're persecuted because of righteousness, right living, doing the right thing. For theirs is what? Kingdom of heaven. So there's that repeat. So there, there's those, those kind of anchors there. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Now, how many of you think that sounds like a good time? Right? You say, oh, pastor, you said that, that, that this is all good news, and it is good news. All good news, all right? 
Because what he's doing is talking about something that exceeds the parameters of this earth, the kingdom of heaven. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward. What's the Bible say? In heaven. It doesn't say, hey, hang in there till you get to heaven. It says, great is your reward. And again, well, I got to discipline myself. We'll pull that apart here in a few weeks. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets before you. The reason why this is important to mention is because at the beginning of this sermon, if you will, that would be the modern term that we would use, Jesus anchors it with eternity. And I don't know about you, but I have a tendency, it's a very natural tendency, but it's, it's something you need to, to, to be aware of and work against. I, 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 I tend to be very earthly focused. If for no other reason, I wake up on earth every day. Huh? Somebody said the other day, they said, how are you doing? And I, I gave a you know, common response to you. I said, well, I keep waking up on the green side of the grass. And they'd never heard that. And when it dawned on them 15 minutes later, they were like, oh, I get it. You're talking about versus, I said, yeah, the green side of the grass versus the brown side of the grass. Huh? I tend to think about earthly stuff. What do I have to do? What do I want to do? What's required of me? What, what, you know, what's on my schedule? This, the other thing. Stuff that is very temporal, right? And that doesn't make it bad, but what Jesus does here is at the beginning and the end is trying to direct your eyes and my eyes and your eyes and my eyes up to him, to the kingdom of God, to the things that are really valuable in God's economy. You ever got caught up in something that isn't really that big of a deal? I won't make you raise your hand. I won't make you give us details. But we've done it. But at the time, it might have been a short-term distraction. It might have been, it might have been a long-term distraction. We get embroiled in these things, and we're just convinced that this is the absolute most important thing that we need to be doing, and we need to pour every bit of energy, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, because this is the thing. What Jesus is trying to remind us of then and now is, hey, this is not your home. Anybody grow up in a church where they talked about just passing through? It's in some of our old hymns, right? But it's so easy to get caught up in this stuff. I got to do this, and I got to do that, and I got to do this, and I got to do that, and uh, anybody in here ever listen to talk radio? Uh, this isn't a plug for or against talk radio, but sometimes I just, you know, I listen to a ton of music, and uh, I, I just always find it what's easy. The other day, my radio, my, my battery died, and, and so my presets were all gone, and, and, and uh, uh, I'm like, really? I mean, these people were passionate about this. It wasn't something I was particularly interested in, but I'm thinking in my mind, well, what are the things that you spend more time on than God would really have you spend your time on. Some of them, I might suggest to you, and again, we'll work on this in future weeks, are, are the very things that Jesus lists that are blessings. And when they happen to us, maybe not the last thing, but certainly not the first thing is, oh, I'm blessed. Let me just give you a quick example. How many of you are on any form of social media? If you're not, just pretend, all right? 
Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Why? What if I don't want to mourn? All right. Blessed are the merciful, for they'll be shown mercy. Oh, so is God. I mean, when you get into this thing, uh, 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 blessed are the peacemakers, for they'll be called sons of God. Blessed are you when you're persecuted. We don't always go, hey, this is great. All right, jump on. Sometimes we even get rattled about earthly stuff. Anybody ever had their well go out? If you live on a well, let me just tell you, I'm not a prophet or anything. I'm not, I'm not trying to do that. But I can tell you it's not going to go out at 10 a.m. on Wednesday. 4.30 on Friday, I'll bet you lunch on it. When everybody that can help you is gone, right? You're not feeling like that's great, all right? You're not feeling, you're feeling like, oh, this is awful. This is terrible. And man, I don't know if you, again, I'm just being transparent with you. We can get spun up. As much as I love cars, you know one of the things I'm excited about, heaven? And I've got some car friends here, and this might hurt their feelings, but, but there's not going to be any cars in heaven, all right? Isn't it just sad? I mean, even your beloved, reliable Ford truck, the battery can die. I mean, I'm a little frustrated. You know, you just can't get eight years out of a battery anymore. Looks like seven and a half is all you can get, you know. But it's still frustrating, isn't it, when you go out there and you have, I mean, and that just, and I think about that and I think, man, does this even hit the Richter scale of hardship? When we look at these things, but boy, it's just not fun, all right? So we look at this and we say, well, what Jesus is trying to do is get us not so worried about this world. He knows we're down here. He's living it. He's going through it. He's going through a whole lot worse than I ever will. There's a perspective to be gained with these two pillars. And it's not that, hey, I'm going to take care of everything. Well, wouldn't that be awesome if Jesus said that? Come and follow me, and I'll pave a path for you. There won't be a single pebble in it. There's going to be a slight uphill, but don't worry. There's also going to be a nice slight downhill. Oh, it's just going to be easy street. That's not what Jesus says. He says, follow me. But he's trying to get us to make sure that we don't over-focus on the earth, things of this earth. And so the beginning of his message and the end of his message, he's talking about the kingdom of heaven. That's a place where you and I are going to go. Now look at the blessings. I mean, let's, let's talk about these just for a minute, all right? Because they're there. But what he's saying is a statement of truth and fact. Why is that important? That's important because the Bible's not looking for your opinion or mine. Right? My job is to, 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 to listen and to learn and to follow Jesus. And say, hey, I, I can understand that. And then I have to decide if I'm actually going to do that. Versus picking our way through the Bible for bits and pieces that, that, are, that are more fun, that, 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 are, that are easily adapted, that, that are more tasteful, if you will, to your personal palate. Well, we, we read through the Bible and we say, well, this is what Jesus taught. I mean, here's the deal. I'm just going to, well, I always tell you the truth, but you can argue with me all you want. But as we read through this several times in the next several weeks, I mean, you could, you could win an argument with Todd pretty easy. I would encourage you not to argue with God because that's a losing proposition. Right? 
And so when we read through this and we think, well, does that make sense? Well, it does because Jesus said it does. Because God passed it down to us to, to, to learn and to hear and to fold into our lives. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. What's the promise there? They will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Here's an important truth to understand about the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is talking about a both and. So it's both now and in the future. The fullness is the future. All right? But it it would be errant to say that God doesn't comfort you when you mourn here on earth. Right? The ultimate expression of that is a place where there is no mourning. Correct? That place is called heaven. So it's, it's Jesus trying to direct our eyes up towards eternity while expressing the realities of our time here on earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. You're never going to max out on God on your time here on earth, friends. I don't suspect in this crowd that that's big news to any of you. But keep going for it. Keep learning and growing and stretching. Refining in small ways and refining in major ways. Your following of Jesus. How well are you doing at following Him? Maybe in some areas, really good. Maybe in some areas, terrible. Whatever, it's between you and God. But it's important to realize it's both now and in the future. What's the most important one of those two? I'd like to say now. That would be nice. Because that would mean I'd spend the rest of my time here on earth, whatever that is, 40 or 50 years, uh, uh, and, and, and God's just going to take great care of me. Well, God's going to take great care of me, and He's going to take great care of you, but there also might be some difficult days. The reason why it can still fall under the category of good news is because God's with us. In fact, He says, when those things happen, you are a fortunate person. You are a blessed person. You can be, if you and I would choose, be a happy person, even if that stuff is happening. Because if it's happening to me, in some cases, it's a clear indication of my alignment with the life of Christ. It's a reminder that it's temporary. It's not going to last forever. Uh, When Kevin and I were talking about songs and stuff, and I said, ah, here's just a few of them that are rolling around my head uh, uh, for the week. And then as I heard him practicing this morning, one of the, one of the, the key rules we have in, in putting together a music worship set is don't make the pastor cry. I don't know if you know that or not, but pastor's got to come up here and talk. You can't be getting all Jesusified. All right? And, and, and music, you know, can be a powerful thing in our lives to turn, turn, turn our hearts toward, towards God. Even if that stuff happens to us, we can consider ourselves blessed. We can consider ourselves fortunate because God is with us. It's temporary. 
keeping my eyes on my home. I don't know if you know this. I think you do because you've been here before. I think heaven's a pretty amazing place. I've been to some cool places on this earth. There's a few I haven't been to yet. But they pale in comparison. Absolutely pale in comparison. So no matter what's going on, it's good news because I can consider myself blessed, happy, fortunate. Now, two things that are a direct, uh, 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 when I say challenge, that's not a a, a combative term, all right? It's a challenge for us internally to say, hey, what am I going to do with this? The first thing that Jesus does here is he makes an announcement. Good news. Blessed, 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 six times blessed. Now, if I took that out of context and I said, hey, how many of you this week, October 21, how many of you this week, you want to be six times blessed by God? Those of you that will raise your hand would raise your hand. Let's practice. Okay. But, but then if we got to the, 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 the nitty gritty of it, we go, well, maybe I don't want to be that. What I would prefer, Pastor, is there, there not to be a need in my life to be comforted. There would be nothing that would cause me to mourn. That's what I would prefer. I don't know if you prefer that, but that's what I would prefer. Right? No hardship. No, no heartache. All right? So we get this in shape. It, it, it's an announcement of great news. Not blessed once, not blessed twice. Six promises, pillars, anchors on each side where Jesus is saying, hey, guess what? This life isn't going to be the easiest, but it's not going to be all that bad. And even in the worst of days, look up because you got a home that's being built for you. Uses family words. And, 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 and so if you're a follower, you're in the family, and God the Father is up in heaven, what's he doing? Sitting around doing nothing? No. He's working on my house. Send him some plans. Houseplans.com. Here's what it might look like, God. I mean, you know, I'm not going to tell God what to do, but this is the style I like. And we can be encouraged by that. He's, he's announcing it, he's proclaiming it. Hey, great news. Here's the thing. I don't know about you, but sometimes I've, I've, I've anticipated good news and been kind of disappointed by it. You're going to go to something or, 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 or you know, some event or, 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 or you're going to purchase something. And it's just going to, I mean, it's just going to be the best. It's going to be fabulous. Right? And it's kind of like, well, it wasn't terrible, but didn't exactly change my life. But we, when we listen and we learn and we make a decision to follow Christ, we are blessed. Because God's with you. He's for you. He's on your side. It doesn't matter really what happens. I mean, it does to the degree that it impacts us. It does to the degree that, that we need to learn how to respond appropriately. But if you're a Christian... And I only say if, because I, I don't know everybody, and I, I don't know what decisions you have and haven't made. But if you're a Christian, you're part of the family of God. So your inheritance is heaven. Right? 
It's not down here on earth and anything that people might, uh, you know, pass up, down or sideways to you. That, that's not the kind of inheritance we're talking about. We're talking about, hey, you're part of the family of God. Your inheritance is the fullness of God. So you are truly a blessed person. Say it with whatever emphasis or, 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 or accents that, that you want. The second thing that Jesus is doing in that he makes that announcement, that bold proclamation, the second thing he clearly does is makes an invitation. How many of you ever got an invitation, written invitation before in the mail? I know that's kind of old technology. We're supposed to use Evite or whatever nowadays. And I would use that if I could figure it out. But I have the postal system figured out. So that tends to be my mode of operation. But so you know what it's like to receive an invitation, right? It says, uh, we're having this event, and uh, here's the date and time, and, and there might be some instructions about, uh, you know, whether it's a casual event or formal events or a gift uh, event that you bring gifts to or not, or, you know, there could be, you see some, you know, instructions in there, right? right? And that's really what the Sermon on the Mount is. It's an invitation to follow Jesus. It's an invitation to say, hey, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. I want to make him mine. I believe that God Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, loves me, that he gifted his son to this earth so that my sins could be paid for. I want to follow Jesus. Don't minimize that, friends. Some of you have been believers longer than I've been alive, and I don't say that as humorous. That's just the truth, all right? And that's a great thing. But in that, sometimes it can just become mundane to us. Uh, for those of you that that's your position, I want to stir that up this morning. Whether you have a great earthly family or a not so great earthly family, if you're a Christian, you're in the best family that there is. You've got the best father that there is. And Jesus isn't, isn't, isn't pounding away, isn't... isn't putting us down or, or motivating us, you know, by, by, by guilt or pressure or anything else. He's saying, hey, here's what it's like to be part of the family of God. And he starts off with that promise. We already looked at it. The kingdom of God is your inheritance. And, if, and when these things happen to you, you're blessed. Why? Because of your awesomeness? No, we've already established you're amazing, you're awesome, you're all that stuff but because of who God is. And when we make that bold move to admit our need for him, we get full adoption into the family of God. Do you know that everybody's adopted in the family of God? We've got a lot of people in our church that either have adopted kids or were themselves adopted. You don't even know. You know why? Because it doesn't really matter. It's part of their story. But they're fully adopted. They're not partially adopted. They're, they're not, you know, I mean, they're just, adoption means you're adopted. It means you're in, right? Most often, but not exclusively, they even change your name. What name do you get? You get the family name, right? So in, in the case spiritually, that's Christian. What does Christian mean? Somebody quickly. Christ follower, Christ-like. I always tell you I don't want to script your response, but feel free to smile about that. It's good news. You're adopted into the best family. 
Jesus is making this bold announcement about all this good news, and then he just says, hey, follow me. If and when you do, your life will be blessed. Blessed does not mean problem-free. Blessed does not mean without difficulty. Blessed does not mean that you won't have to, to, to struggle and strive against that sin nature that will show up in your life. It does mean that you get another gift. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit. It empowers you to live a totally different life than you're able to live on your own. So when we look at this, as much as we're doing this today, this is one of the things I always feel is a little bit dangerous, but we, I mean, we got to, I, I don't know how else to do it, but take scripture in chunks. But I want you to make sure that we're looking at this as, as part of the whole fabric of the Bible. Does that make sense to you? All right. And when we see it that way, we start to see how these things fit together perfectly, wonderfully, magnificently, without air. And this is, this is a, a, a specific, we're, we're not going to do all of five, six, and seven. We could, but I don't know, probably take us all of the rest of this year and next. It's great stuff. All right. But if we just look at the, the Beatitudes, there's a clear announcement of great news and there's a clear invitation to be a follower of Jesus if you've never made that decision my friend let's talk right after service it's a simple but profound prayer where we find in Romans 10 9 and 10 that it says if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord you're saved changes everything you're immediately adopted into the family of God and you're on your way. It's a great journey. If you're struggling this morning and you're wondering, hey, does God love me? Is, I mean, is, you know, maybe you're feeling like, hey, Christianity ain't really working out. It's not what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be easy street. I've said many times, and this is no, this is no dig on God. This, is, this, this has nothing to do other than my reality tells me life is hard enough with God. I'm not brave enough and bold enough to want to do it on my own. I'm going to do it with God. I want to be in that position of blessedness where because of who he is, that's how he chooses to pour into our lives. Friends, if you're a believer here today, I can tell you with 100% confidence, not because it's my opinion, not because I'm the one that read it. I'm just reading what God has given us. You are blessed. You might not feel like it. There might be things that look contrary to that. The truth is, the rock-solid truth is, you're blessed. Amen? Bam, will you help us with a closing song? I want to pray and ask for God's help. Once again, not just being hearers, but being doers of his word. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the Sermon on the Mount. Thank you for the just amazing teaching of Jesus and and, and how he lays it out, and it, it made perfect sense back then, and it makes perfect sense now. Lord, I pray that we would see all of the great news, good news that's written out here. May that be an encouragement to our heart. May it be direction to our feet as we follow you. And Lord, help us to take you up on that invitation. If there's anybody here who never has, Lord, would you speak clearly and boldly to your heart? Your word also says that nobody comes to, to you unless 
unless you draw them. And you're constantly throwing that net out and trying to pull us closer to you. You've constantly been reaching out to us, loving and caring for us. Lord, help us today and this week in our follow. Our following of you, not in our impressing other people with our Christianity, not in putting up fronts and falsehoods. Help us in our following you. That we might live right in the middle of that blessed position that you intend for us. Thank you in advance for that, God. Amen.